Hey, this is Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. The totality of the universe is it's just perception. And uh, it's how we perceive things. And uh, there are no facts, only interpretations. The, the psychical events are facts, are realities. And when you observe the stream of images within, you observe an aspect of the world of the world within. And so, you see, the man who is going by the external world, by the influences of the external world, say, society or perceptions, sense perceptions, thinks that he, he is more valid. Don't relate yourself to any person, anything, any idea. Tell me who I am. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode today. I haven't recorded an episode in a while. I'm currently in Portugal and just enjoying the weather, but also the difference in time zone and just adjusting to that. And so recently I've been working with a lot of men and I've also been blessed to notice how many good men there are in the world and how many men are willing to look at themselves and just face their own shit like acknowledge their own toxicity and make steps towards doing something about it make steps towards even facing their mother wound i talk to a lot of men that are courageous enough to say hey i do feel something is unfinished with my mother and it's impacting my relationship so with that i've been blessed to have that direct experience of how many men are present today in this world that are really committed to doing the inner work and that brings me to the topic of today's conversation. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to title this, but I just want to unpack the belief that there are not enough good men in the world because I see a lot of people kind of repeating this mantra or this, or just constantly stating this and not taking responsibility for that belief and how it's impacting their relationships. So that's what I want to talk about today. I just want to essentially debunk this myth that there are not enough good men. And also for any guys listening, for any masculine identified person listening that feels that there are not enough good women in the world, that feels like there are not enough available people in the world, like all of the available people are taken, they're you know, married now, or they're out of my league or whatever it is. There's just, I feel it's a trauma-based belief where we believe that there's a scarcity of good people around. There's a scarcity of people doing the inner work. There's a scarcity of people that are available emotionally. And I just feel for myself that is so far from the truth. And in this episode, I want to share why I feel that way. So let's jump into it. So the belief that there are not enough good men in the world, there are not enough available people in the world is a very strong statement, right? And so we need to recognize that that is not a universal truth. That is just an opinion. Not everyone in the world actually believes that. So therefore it's an opinion, but why would somebody hold that opinion? So why would I be somebody that believes there are not enough available people in the world? There's not enough decent women or men in the world, right? And also, why would I carry this belief into my relationships, into the dating sphere, right? Why would I carry that belief there? Well, 
what I actually am doing is giving myself a permission slip. This belief is not a universal truth. It's just a permission slip because every belief we have grants us permission to do something and to stop doing something else, right? So what am I granting myself permission when I believe that there are not enough good people in the world, there are not enough available people in the world? I get to continue to attract and engage with people that are unavailable. I get to not take ownership over my unhealthy love habits, right? I don't get to take responsibility for my toxicity. I don't get to take responsibility for the fact that I'm not showing up in the relationship in the way that I want others to meet me, that I'm not embodying the love I wish to receive from others, right? I get to avoid that. I get off the hook, right? I'm off the hook if I believe that the reason I keep attracting these people is because there are not enough of them in the world, right? I'm off the hook. I don't have to take any ownership or responsibility for my own actions in creating these dynamics and creating these relationships. I don't have to take ownership over that because there's not enough good people in the world. So what happens is I don't have to change, right? I can just wait for the world to change. I can just wait for a surplus of good men and good women to pop up. And then it's like, oh, okay, now I can be a different person. But the other thing is most people that believe that there are not enough good men or not enough good women in the world are also always trying to change people, right? So I can't change somebody from unavailable and unsafe to safe and available if they're actually safe and available, right? I don't get to change people anymore. I don't get to attract the people that are unavailable and then get to warp them into somebody that I want them to be because people are already meeting me from that place, right? So now I'm confronted with a part of myself that wants to change people. So I think we can look at it from this way. It's like if I'm constantly looking for people that are spiritually awakened or emotionally intelligent, but I keep going to the club to find these people right? I'm going out every night at the bars and the clubs to find these kind of people. Night after night, night after night, I don't meet anyone that's spiritually awakened or emotionally intelligent. I have to take responsibility for the fact that I'm still looking for these people in the same place. I have to take responsibility for the fact that I'm looking for emotionally and spiritually intelligent people at the club and at the bar, right? But what if I were to go outside of my comfort zone and go to the park or go to the library or go to the bookstore, right? Or go to a retreat. Who would I meet there? But that's outside of my comfort zone. But if I do that and I go there, I give myself a high, I give myself a better chance of meeting somebody that's spiritually awakened or emotionally intelligent, right? But I have to go outside of my comfort zone to do that. So it's the same with this under this idea that we're not, there are not enough good people in our town. There's not enough decent men around us, right? We're not going outside of our comfort zone. We're not trying to vet people within the first moments of meeting them. We're not being upfront about our standards. We're not being clear about our boundaries, right? We're not being clear about our expectations for the relationship, right? And then we're expecting us to enter into a different type of relationship when we're still continuing the same unhealthy love habits that brought us into the last relationship. We're not actually doing anything different, but we're expecting different results. And this is what's called relationship insanity, 
It's like, I'm doing the same things. I'm repeating the same love habits. I'm committing too early. I'm not tuning into my body to see if this person is a fuck hell yes, right? I'm not vetting the person. I'm not communicating my standards. I'm still afraid of rejection. I'm shrinking myself for this person to accept me. And then I'm expecting to create a different dynamic than my previous relationship, right? That is insanity. I'm not doing anything different, but then I'm looking at the world and saying, why am I still attracting the same people that I've attracted before? But it's because I'm still doing the same fucking thing every time. I'm not changing myself. I'm not changing my habits. I'm not doing things differently. I'm not walking into the relationship as a different person, right? I'm walking into the relationship with the same things I was doing before. So people have to recognize that your formula for dating and your template for relating to the opposite gender is only capable of attracting a specific type of person, a specific type of dynamic, a specific kind of relationship. And if you're not updating that template, if you're not changing your formula and you're doing the same fucking things every time, you are going to get the same fucking results every time. It's not that there's not enough good men out there. That's there's not enough available people out there. It's just you are afraid of going outside of your comfort zone. You are afraid of updating your formula for relating. You are still afraid of communicating your boundaries up front, being very clear about your standards. So no, there's a surplus of available people. It's just, can you bring yourself into a certain state of thinking, into a certain state of embodiment? So what we think is always going to be a reflection of how we are vibrating, right? So if I believe there are not enough available people out there, it's because on some level, I'm also still unavailable. I'm also still showing up like that. So of course, I'm going to not see all of the people that are available in my life, all of the people that match my core values, all the people that can meet my needs, all the people that can meet my expectations. I'm not going to see those people. I'm completely oblivious to them, right? They may be right under my nose. They may be right in my community, right? But I can't see those people because what I believe about relationships is a reflection of how I'm actively vibrating right now in this moment. It's a reflection of the relationship I have with myself right now in this moment. So of course, all of the things that are available to me in my relationships are not going to be visible to me. I can't see them. I can't even perceive them, right? Because where I'm vibrating right now means that I'm more of a match for people that are unavailable. Those are the people I want to connect with, right? Because they're more of a match for my own way of relating to myself. Their unhealthy love matches the love I give myself. Their unavailability matches the unavailability I have towards my inner children, right? Their inability to prioritize me is a reflection of my inability to prioritize myself, my life, my gifts, right? So yes, of course, I'm going to believe that. Of course, I'm going to hold that belief. Most people that believe they're not enough available people around or not enough decent men in the world can't actually honestly say that they maintain their boundaries, that they're very clear on what their needs are, that they're clear on their core values, that they make sure to vet anyone within the first few moments of meeting them. They can't honestly say that they've cleared their emotional baggage right from their last relationship. 
So to give yourself the opportunity of being able to even visibly see or to feel attracted to those people, because it's not the fact that you can't attract them. It's the fact that you don't actually feel attracted to them. If you were in their sphere, if you were around them, you wouldn't know what to do with that energy. You wouldn't know how to relate to them. You would find them boring. You would find them unattractive. But that's exactly what you want, right? So it's not that they're not attracted to you. They might be in your sphere right now. But it's that you're not attracted to them. You don't want to direct your energy in that direction because these people are available. They're available. They're emotionally available. They want you. They desire you. They're honest. They're accountable. All of that is overwhelming, right? Because where you're at in your relationship with yourself and your nervous system is that the joy of being seen, the joy of being met on a deep level, the joy of deep intimacy and connection is overwhelming, right? It's overwhelming for your nervous system. So part of switching that dynamic is by practicing communicating your boundaries, is by being very clear about what your standards and non-negotiables are. Because once you start doing this, you're going to bring this into every dating space that you enter, right? Because when you start going outside of your comfort zone, you are leaving the little bubble, right? of dynamics and people and relationships that you've known and entering into a different bubble where people are honest about their needs, where people are real about their standards, where people are very honest and real about their non-negotiables, right? And are unwavering in their boundaries. You're entering into that sphere now. So give yourself the opportunity to do that or to cross over into that world by practicing this with yourself, by practicing this anytime you meet somebody new. Because this is the thing, you're not looking for your perfect person. That person doesn't exist. That's an unrealistic expectation that we use to actually block love out by saying, no, this person doesn't have this. They don't do this. They don't look this way, right? It's a way in which we block out love. It's a protective strategy. But what we actually need to do is just tune into our standards and non-negotiables and our values. When we meet people that meet our standards, that respect our non-negotiables, and that match and share our core values, we have our person, right? This is not about the matching our ideal or idea of a person because nobody wants to be with an idea. We want to experience the reality of another human being, right? Their imperfections and all of the things that come with uh, experiencing love and connection. So all we need to do is just get very clear about our boundaries, get very clear about our standards, get very clear about non-negotiables, and then present that to every relationship. And what happens is that if we do this constantly, if we consistently repeat this formula, what's going to happen is our dynamics are going to change. The people we relate to are, are going to look completely different. So the only way that can happen is if we first begin to change. So no, I don't believe that there are not enough good men in the world, because if I said that, then I would need to say that there are not enough good women in the world. And that's also far from the truth. So I think it's just that we are doing the same things over and over and expecting different results in our relationships. And then using that as a reflection of the collective and a reflection of the world. And there is some truth in the statement. Something Vanessa Bennett said is that men are the last at the table when it comes to doing the inner work, right? And that makes sense because men have been blocked off from 
their emotions for so long. We've been avoiding our emotions. We've just started doing men's circles and women have been doing women's circles for fucking 5,000 years, right? And we're just like, oh, I think there's some value in what they're doing. Like, let's start doing that. So I think men are behind in consciousness and emotional intelligence due to the way that we had to relate to ourselves in order to survive, in order to protect, in order to provide. And now that dynamic is changing. And from that, I feel there are a lot of men that are showing up and that are available due to the state of the world. And people can look at the state of the world and say, well, because of the state of the world, because of the state of masculinity today, men aren't doing the work. And I actually choose to see otherwise. It's that because of the state of the world, I feel men are being influenced to actually look at themselves on a deeper level. And of course, there are going to be those men that don't choose to do that. But again, your attention is in charge of your experience. Why would you focus in on the fact that there are men that are choosing to remain toxic, men that are choosing to remain unavailable, men that are choosing to embody this patriarchal sense of self. Why place your attention there? So I feel the balance is really in 80 and 20. So you place 20% on the reality of certain things like, okay, there are still shitty men out here that are doing some very, very messed up things and that are, are in positions of power and just keeping that awareness there, but just 20% of your awareness and attention. And allowing the rest of your 80 to go in the spaces that make you hopeful, in the spaces that make you trusting, in the spaces that help you feel more connected to the reality in the world that you want to create. Because why would you place your attention on the things that you don't want to see in the world? Why are you placing 100% of your attention on the things that you don't want to recreate? Why? So for me, it's like, you know, the shams of Tabriz quote is that there is heaven here and there is hell here, right? And that's an understanding of just noticing that all of these things are present right now in this moment. And again, you can choose to acknowledge the fact that we're in hell, or you can also choose to acknowledge the fact that there is heaven stretched across the earth and it's available for anyone to experience and anyone to engage with at any given moment. It's just where you're choosing to focus your attention, where you're choosing to focus your awareness, right? Because that is going to be reflected in your reality. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. I hope you enjoyed that. And if you did, please share with somebody that you feel may resonate with it or find some value in it. And also feel free to leave a review or a comment and let me know how these episodes have been impacting you. And with that said, thank you again so much for allowing me to be a part of your day. I wish you a beautiful day and a beautiful evening and peace.